The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX is The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Kia ora and welcome to First. My name's Jane Yee and each week I'll be talking to a different guest about some of their firsts. We've got comedians, politicians, musicians, actors and more. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. This week I'm talking to comedian, actor and felt artist Chris Parker. What was the first deeply personal story that you told as part of a stand-up routine? The first kind of revealing story I told would have been... (laughs) Um, actually a story about me coming out. No, about me being in the closet, but having just come out, but having not come out to my parents yet, whilst also being on the cover of New Zealand's only kind of like gay magazine. And I was like really stressed about it because I was like, I need to tell them before they see the magazine. It was like me on the cover being like, New Zealand's big gay star. And me being like... (laughs) Who was the first person you came out to? The first person I came out to... Um, was the person that I broke up with um, who was a female. And then that was kind of like the the egg crack moment, you know, and then in terms of like, I, but it, it was sort of coming out, but it was also just kind of like it, it it being the moment where I kind of crossed, crossed the threshold. <laughs> um, or like, yeah, and then... Probably coming out would have been, I went over to my friend's house, Hayley Sproul, you know her, you love her, star of stage and screen. And um, I knocked on the door like in a bit of, at like 3 a.m. in like shock. And then she knew exactly what was up. Awesome. What was the first joke you told on stage? Like, like well, it's interesting because I don't really consider myself like a, you know, comedian. Like, I don't have like jokes. Well, I do have jokes, but. Like, I do lots of improv. And so I'd been doing, like, years of improv before I started stand-up. And the thing with improv is you literally cannot remember a single bit of it. So who knows? But probably something that I'm absolutely cancelled for right now. (laughs) (laughs) What's the first thing you felted? Oh, first thing I felted was... Well, actually, before the big kind of felting journey really blew up for me. I was felting out of pure anxiety (laughs) and not showing off and not putting it on on Instagram. And I was felting probably like, I think it was like a bunny or no, it was a cat in a teacup or something. Um, And it was like on the set of Funny Girls season two. I had a lot of time. I was playing lots of like the man in back of shot, you know, um, with like one funny line because it was all about the women, obviously. So I was just sort of like backstage, backstage, off screen felting away. I feel like a cat in a teacup is quite 
technical for a first felt. They're all like, all felting things are like a woodland animal and doing an, like doing a thing. And usually it's a sport like a hippo ice skating or whatever. But um, I don't know. I think it, looking at that now, like you've got a big cylindrical object, that's your cut. Like it all works out. It all makes sense to me as a professional felter. And I guess I am pro now because I'm making money from it. <laughs> well, what was the first time you felted on stage? Um, would have been my, the test of my live felting shows in Auckland. And I just wanted to see if it could work. I'm doing like a mix of comedy and felting at the same time. So I kind of sit, have a mic at my mouth and I kind of felt and do stand up. Um, and that was like late last year. And now I think it's probably all I'm going to be doing for the rest of my career because it's the most popular thing I've ever done despite me not knowing why. <laughs> Who was your first comedy hero? Oh, well, it's so specifically niche, but growing up in Christchurch, I'd go to the court theatre a lot and we would watch the plays and Rima Tiwiata, who like is an absolute megastar, I used to watch her like doing like Nancy and Oliver. She was hilarious, like also amazing and heartbreaking, but like such a funny performer as well. Like when she hits comedy, it's like, it just hits like no other. So she's probably my first mega comedy crush. Speaking of crushes, who was your first celebrity crush? It's so hard. I think, I feel like I robbed myself of like genuine celebrity crushes because like it was very exposing, obviously. So like Ken, you know, like as in Barbie and Ken would have been like a crush. Well, we had this thing at intermediate school where you had to cut out a picture of, well, you didn't have to, but socially you did, cut out a picture of like a hot chick from a magazine and stick it on the inside of your desk lid so that when you lifted it up, you could have a wee look. And everyone was doing like FHM models and Ralph models. And I cut out a picture of Sarah Jessica Parker, <laughs> which I think is truly revealing. What was your first corporate gig? Um, oh, I know. Okay, this is a weird one, actually. And I would consider this a corporate gig, even though it wasn't to, like, a bunch of, you know, it wasn't a conference talking to, like, a whole bunch of real estate agents. I was doing mall Santa work for a really long time as Santa Claus. I had to go to the kind of health and safety meeting of all, but I wasn't living in Auckland at the time, so it was me and all the mall centres of Auckland, the greater Auckland region, in this, like, big kind of corporate office watching this video of like a big Santa Claus being like, make sure you can see the gloves and all the photos because you don't want to get in trouble. And we got then we got given our suits and that was like such a thrill. I remember the, the other Santa's being like, they're really good quality this year. Your first enemy or nemesis? <sighs> oh, I won't say their name because they're not like, they're just a normie, but they... At primary school, I'd been cast as a frog, like the, the the lead character, which was a frog in our school play, and was doing a great job. And then he came up to me, um, like, at lunchtime or something. He was like, all the boys in our class think you're gay. And I remember, like, not... I was so young. I would have been, like, eight or nine, which is one, like, what a read. Totally saw it before I saw it. But then also, like, I was like, oh, what the hell does that mean? Because I didn't even know. Like, I didn't even... Like, it's so crazy that they had already, like, worked out, like, what being straight was and that there was something called being gay. Or, like, maybe it was just, like, the colloquial, like, term to, like, you know, hurt someone. But I remember coming home being like, mum, what does gay mean? The boys think I'm gay. 
and then she was like, oh, you just you just get them back, you know, and so she taught me, like, um, comebacks and stuff. And so I got him on his name, but I can't say it because I will expose the guy, and it's, like, it's brutal. He was eight. No one should be cancelled for what they said when they were eight years old. When was the first time you realised you were gay? Hmm. I, it's such a hard one, I think. I don't know if there was a single, single moment where I knew I was gay. The way I like to describe it is, like, there's a thing in the distance, right, and it's very, very blurry, and you can't work it out. But you like you know that something's there. But you think everyone's got a little blurry thing in the distance. And then as you get older, the further along you go, that thing gets closer to you, and it you it begins to define itself. And you're like, I think it's that, but it's still pretty blurry. It could be something else. And I'm sure everyone else, you know. And then you're getting closer and closer. And then there's a point where you're just like looking at it straight at its eyes, you know. And you can really define it, and you've got the choice then to be like, I know what that is. I can define that, whether I'm, how I move with that, you know, is, is the next step. And so it must have been around, like, drama school time, you know, but I was really focusing on being an actor, but that thing was, like, it was, like, there with me, you know, and I just decided to leave it, go through the drama school experience, then deal with it. <laughs> um, can you tell me... This, we'll finish up on this one, and I feel like this is not a question that I can ask many other people in the entire world. But what was it like the first time you saw yourself in the Auckland Museum? Oh, crazy. It's crazy. It doesn't... Seeing my felt hat that I created during the lockdown inside a big glass cabinet in the Auckland Museum is... I still kind of can't believe it, but it makes me laugh so much every time I see it because it's just like seeing yourself behind a big glass wall, like in a, in a cabinet. You're just like alongside all these objects. And I think we're so used to thinking of like museum items being like a dusty old scroll, you know, or just these like very like archaic things. So for something that's only like, a year old, <laughs> and I'm still very much young, you know, um, to be, like, in a case just felt, like, wild. And, but it's iconic. Like, every time someone takes a photo of them with it, like, I share it on my Instagram because it's just, like, I'm in a museum. Like, I'm in the museum. And also, they're not going to kick me out. Like, they're keeping me in. They're keeping me around for a while. And then, like, oh, the hat has to go back in storage soon because it will fall apart or something. But... Because um, the like the textile and fabric specialist at the museum like chatted to me about how they preserve felt objects. Like this thing was like in the corner of my house, like thrown away, like sitting on like a dirty pile of washing, and now it's like on a plinth with like a big thing about right up about me in a gigantic portrait. So it's like surreal, but I'm really proud of it because I'm like. I don't like to define myself as like just a comedian or just, you know, like, or whatever. And so when I feel like I'm successful in really strange ways in my career, like I become immensely proud of that because I'm like, you can't nail me down to one thing, can you? Like, is he more successful in comedy? Is he more successful in being a felt artist and being in a museum? Like, I like that I'm kind of slippery like that. You've been listening to First, brought to you by the Spin-Off Podcast Network and Hexwork Productions. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts 
so you get new episodes as soon as they're released. And if you'd like to watch the video series at first, visit The Spin-Off TV on YouTube. Kia ora e te iwi, te ai he Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.